You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, the podcast for marketing professionals in higher education. Join us every week as we talk to the industry's greatest minds in student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where marketing in higher ed is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. My name is Troy Singer. And I'm Bart Kaler. And today, Bart and I speak with Jay Rathel, who is the chief media buyer at Yamaro 83, about marketing literacy within the digital space. And I love the way Jay takes us through this conversation. And a lot of times, he doesn't tell us what we want to hear. He tells <laughs> us what we need to hear. Yeah, that's one thing I really like about Jay is he kind of he kind of lays it out there as it is. And uh, I think that's something that's refreshing. It's something that we need uh, as higher ed marketers is, is to kind of recognize the fact that, you know, maybe what we think we know, we don't always know. And also the fact that maybe we get a little lazy on things and we don't know as much as we should. Uh, Jay kind of unpacks that for us. I love the fact that Jay is such a pragmatic uh, individual. He's very much like Here's what you need to do. Here's what you don't want to do. This is the KPIs you should pay attention to. These are the ones you don't need to. So there's a lot of really rich data and information in this conversation that we have with Jay. And it's conversations like this that I think add to the quality of the podcast. And, and it's one of those things that if you can leave a review or even a rating on our podcast platforms, whether it's Spotify or Apple or wherever you're consuming this, just being able to leave a quick review will really help us make sure that more and more people can listen to these podcasts and Everybody in higher ed can up their game. That would be great. Thank you, Bart. Well said. And here's our conversation with Jay. Jay, you have been forewarned that this is a podcast that we love educating our audience. So we're going to ask you if you have something that you have learned recently that you would think falls in the fun or interesting category that you could share. All right, sounds fun. I have a 12-year-old daughter who loves K-pop and K-dramas. And we were watching this K-drama yesterday, and it was so bad. <laughs> and I was like, I realized, I was like, oh, this is just Days of Our Lives in Korea. <laughs> it was just so proper. <laughs> it was like the worst acting. It was like the, the looks like, oh, I had to walk away. So <laughs> K-dramas is just so proper in Korea. <laughs> For young people. For young people. I hope it's just young people watching it. <laughs> so, but a lot of people watch it. It's a big deal, but it's just, it's hard to watch. <laughs> well, thank you, Jay. Everyone, Jay Rathel, he is the chief media buyer for Yamaro 83. And today he's agreed to come on the podcast and talk about digital marketing literacy for higher ed marketing. And to kind of frame your background, if you would, Jay, if you can just let everyone know how you currently serve higher ed marketing. Yep. So I work in the paid social space. So one of Facebook and LinkedIn advertising. I help program the online programs kind of launch. There's a lot around Facebook LinkedIn that people don't quite understand. So I've got education and hold their hand until they have a footing and then kind of basically let them go. I'm not, I don't believe in how to be your agency for a year. It's kind of show you how to do it. And then senior in a way. That way it's cost effective that you learn 
throughout the process. So that's kind of what that's kind of where I sit in, uh, in the education space. Thank you. And as we prepared for the podcast, we thought talking to you around marketing literacy and understanding purchases would be a good place to start. So as we delve into the intricacies of marketing literacy and kind of starting with the foundation, how crucial is it to schools to ask the right questions when exploring marketing services? And what impact does this have on their overall marketing strategy? I was sticking about this and I'm going back to my other daughter. We were at this, it'll tie in in a second. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, we'll tie in. So we we're going to go and get a look at this LOL dial thing, right? And we get to the store and it was like this package, right? You can buy a package A or it's like a pack, it was like an LL pack with all these bonus items, like 35 bonus items. Okay, well, this looks like a good deal. We'll get them the bonus items. It's like three, three, four dollars more. Get home, start playing with it. Bonus items, I don't know what they are. I don't know what they do. They look shiny. I got them, but I don't know what they do. And to me, that's a lot with when higher ed goes out and buys marketing for programs. Uh, yeah. This still still does not like knowledge. There's like, give me the shiny thing, but I don't really know what it is. You see, I got Facebook leaked back at all these platforms. How do they tie into your marketing? I don't know, but I got them. We're on every single platform, which if you know in the marketing space, you don't need to be on every single platform. Right. That's not a wise decision. You really need to understand what you're buying and what you're going to get from buying. And that's just lay understanding. So if you think of kind of like when the sales kind of happen with higher ed and the agencies, you have the sales rep, who that is, and then you have the department head. Not one of these really know that much about marketing, marketing, right? So the sales rep sells to higher ed department chair. We can do this as this. Content goes through, then trickles down to a marketing department. And the marketing department is like, what? I, we can't hate these KPIs. These numbers are ridiculous. So it's a snowball effect. If you don't know what's going on and no one knows what you're talking about, it, nine times out of 10, it doesn't end well. So you really kind of understand what you're buying and what it really can do for your school. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying there, Jay, because I think I run across that all the time. It's like, hey, you know, we're we're buying this, we're doing that. You know, they're talking about all the shiny objects. And then when you start asking the questions, it's like, well, I'm not sure about that or I don't know about that. And I think you're right. I think that, you know, for better or for worse, it, it is a matter of a lot has changed in marketing in the last, you know, 5, 10, 20 years. And, um, you know, I, I think that we've, some of us have gotten kind of a little bit lazy on keeping up with everything to be able to ask the right kind of questions. And so, I mean, do you find that, that just even being able to that short-term contract that you do with people, I love that, by the way, I love the idea of coming in as the professional angler to teach them how to fish mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, continuing to just, re, you know, them to rely on somebody else and not be able to learn right. themselves. So do you find that a lot of times? I mean, I, I'm guessing that's one of the reasons why you do it the way you do it is so that you can bring that literacy up. Well, yeah. And a, a lot of, this is a lot of folks are still concerned about metrics that just do not matter. Like a lot of it, hey, our CPLs are $5. It doesn't matter. That is not a metric worth measuring when it comes to like the end goal of, of what you're trying to do. You're trying to get qualified people in, in the door, whatever way means that is. If it costs 30, 40 bucks to get a qualified person, then okay, then that's what it costs. But you have to measure what makes sense. And then people are like, well, I just want, I want 100 leads for $7. Why? So you want 100 leads to talk, and then you waste your enrollment team's time right. on bad leads. So you just constantly shooting yourself in the foot. So you, shoot yourself in the foot. So you have to really like, okay, what do I want to do? 
does this make sense for my program at this moment? And the question I got to ask, okay, what's the best move for me? Because it could be, it, maybe it's not digital. Maybe it's radio. It's just, you have to ask, and you got to know your numbers too, right? Right. So you talk to these agencies, you got to know how much it really costs for someone that, you know, actual cost per lead, how much it costs to talk to a role, man, how much it costs to roll. Like those, go to these conversations, knowing these numbers that will help you out quite a bit. So that's, that's good. I just want to, before we move on to the next, I want to tease that out a little bit because, you know, a lot of times in advertising, people talk about CPMs, cost per million or cost per thousand or whatever, however you want to do that. And I think that that starts to get confusing in the sense that, oh, this is a great deal. It's only going to cost me 50 cents per thousand or 50 cents mm -hmm. per million. And I want you to kind of help us articulate yes. the difference between what you're paying for there versus what you just said is, hey, it's going to, it's $40 to get a lead. I think a lot of people who are not educated or, mm -hmm. or, or literate within marketing are going to look at it and say, why don't I go with the five cents? Because that's a better deal. Yes. Those are called vanity metrics. And in all these platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, a lot, there's, I mean, there's a huge set of metrics you can look at. There's only a few that really matter. As far as that CPM, now, on the back end to me, that, make, that, that makes it difficult for me, but not for, for a higher department. Like, that's not something you should be concerned about. The three things you got to care about is like, how much money did I spend? How many qualified people did I talk to? Not how many people do I just like, because you'll get people to talk to enrollment while well, they say, well, I didn't, I follow the form. Right. I don't speak English. That happens all the time. So only metrics that truly matter at the end of the day is how many qualified people did I talk to? Now, if they enroll, because they enroll based off their life situations. So if they come through whatever the platform they come from, they're going to enroll based off their life situations. Now, if they're qualified, that's what really matters. You know, you, you can have soft metrics for like leads and stuff like that, cost per leads, but in his days, like, am I getting in front of the right people? Okay. That's the one that truly, truly, truly matters. Everything else is just fluff. It okay. is today. It really is. That's good to know. So, so you talk about getting in, right, in front of the right people, and you mentioned another word a couple minutes ago, platform. Help mm -hmm. me understand a little bit, you know, how do we even identify these best platforms, the mm -hmm. best channels to be on? Because I mean, it's, I'm sure it's going to be different if I'm talking to a, an 18-year-old traditional undergrad student versus a MBA candidate for mm -hmm. grad school. Help me understand you know, that. I think it's simple, but I think a lot of schools mess this up. You talk to people who talk to people. And that's what I say. Marketing and enrollment are huge to talk to because they have, no matter who's selling the program, enrollment is actually talk to the people. The enrollment actually talks to the prospects. They have more information than anyone else. Like that's like a gold mine information. And, and there is market research, but I've launched plenty of programs where market research teams come up with this huge persona list. And honestly, it's fairly useless. Okay. Just because, because the way the platforms work, they get so particular. So like, I want this person doing this. Well, that's not how these platforms work. So to go back to what I was trying to say, use the data you have. Now, if you have a, now if you have like a brand new program, right? Like, you know, I OPMs they launch programs. You don't have any data whatsoever. Then you have to rely on, I wouldn't even say market research. That's where your, your copy, your, what you say, your messaging is extremely important. Because a lot of platforms now, like Facebook nowadays, the target is, is not very important. It's just how you talk to people. The platforms are so smart now. They will find them for you, but you have to say the white words. You can't go say apply now. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, because you're going to get flagged for, you know, solicitation and stuff, right? Yeah. You, you, you got to, you know, you have to understand all this very well. So a lot of it's just testing, too. Okay. A lot of it's testing. If you have the resources, 
Now, if you don't have the resources, don't go test on platforms you shouldn't be testing on. Okay. Don't go to TikTok and put a stock image in and test. It's not going to work. That's a bad idea. Okay. Okay. That's good. So, so kind of what I'm hearing you say is that not only do we kind of have to look at the different platforms and the, and the channels based on our demographic, based on our generation, but then even the content that we're putting up there, that's even going to be platform specific as well. Cause you just said stock images won't work on TikTok, but maybe they're okay on Facebook. Yep. Correct. Correct. And obviously if you have something better then yes, but it's a lot of it's just your messaging. It's TikTok and, uh, Pinterest and Snap are very creative heavy. Like your creative has to be very, very good. Facebook, LinkedIn, your messaging has to be very, very, very good. And that's hard to do because you have, you know, a lot of, a lot of places they have copywriters and they have designers and you have the marketer operating in silos. That's happened to me many times before. That never ends well. So you have a copy made and design made. You get the marketer like, what is, I can't put this together. Okay. Go back to a drawing board. So messaging and targeting, like we understand the audience is where you really need to, you really need to hammer in. That's great. And I, I'm thinking about um, a lot of the clients that I have that I'm working with and, and they get frustrated sometimes, whether they're doing some things internally or they're working with some of our partners with, with you know, developing uh, different, you know, campaigns, whether it's in meta or whether it's in TikTok or whatever. I've noticed that a lot of times, especially uh, faith-based schools, whether it's a Christian university or a Catholic school or, or, you know, a Jewish day school or something, a lot of times when they try to use terms that would be attractive to their audience because that's an important aspect of who they are, the benefit of having a faith-based education, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these platforms are starting to flag those and they're, they're kind of, you know, creating inappropriate content flags. And mm-hmm. so are you finding that? And what's been your recommendations in those situations? And that's where it's, it's kind of, you got to know the history of Facebook five, 10 years ago, you could do that. But unfortunately, there's people who take advantage of the system, use it for negative reasons. So people were taking, excluding religious, sex, race for, for their own personal gain and Facebook, and they, they got in a lot of trouble. So now like all that targeting is gone. Anything remotely like that in your copy, it's flagged. So when it comes to anything, Facebook, any sensitive topic, you'll know right away they'll, they'll block you. Like, nope, we're not doing this. This is where I talk about you. You got to understand your messaging. You have to figure out the value of your school without saying we're face-based. Like there's values in your school. Okay. That doesn't say it has to be realistic. Like everyone has like, you know, the values of a human being. That's different. And we have this thing called ChatGBT now that can very much help you out <laughs> with navigating the content copy. Because it's, it's like sometimes it's just one word. Okay, so you could even just take what you've got and say, I've been flagged. Help me understand what would be a better way to say this. Correct. Yes, because they love that. You know, yeah, it's a computer that that catches it, right? They say they'll flag it. No. You can appeal it, and they say a human person looks at it. It's just another algorithm. (laughs) I I don't know if that's true. I don't think that's true. Yeah, human eyes will look at it. But that's with anything, anything sensitive. So, like, just you have to stay away. You do it too many times, they boot you, and then you are screwed. Okay. So it's it's not just a religious word. It's any kind of sensitivity word. If it identifies a person like a like a sex creed, anything like that, okay, you can't do. I was like, you can't do before and afters anymore because people are abusing that as well. Okay, okay, that's great. Yeah, that's very very helpful. So perfect. Thank you both for uh, bringing the conversation to understanding the right channels because I agree and think that is very key, but also a key topic that we hear about 10 minutes into a conversation with a school is budget. So 
Jay, if you would, how should a school approach budget allocation to optimize the spend on the channels that you just described? I would say they need to understand, depending on their goals, this will cost you some money. So, you know, if you have a goal of 40 butts and seats, right? That's ultimate goal, ultimate, you know, right. butts and seats. And your budgeting goal, you know, if your budget a month is like $2,000, it's difficult. So, you know, in your rule of thumb, any business, like, you know, if you, if you use marketing, so flip the same of the revenues from marketing, right? That's like the good rule of thumb. You also got to take into mind, so there's the ad spend. If you have ad spend, then you have, this so like me, if you don't have someone in-house. So you always got to double your money. And you really have to stand. You, like, if you don't have a lot of money, you can't do really, you can't really do many brand awareness campaigns. You can't really do reach campaigns. So you have to do the best with your messaging copy to get them on the first try. And you have to figure out that that, that campaign or that one, ch- you got to go and fight one or two channels. Like I want to put my money in, in billboard. I just want to do that. I want this billboard. So you find a channel that you can reach the most amount of people for the least amount of money and try to optimize that to squeeze as much as possible. Not just that 10, that's going to be Facebook. Yeah. Cause there's just the biggest one out there. Um, now if you have, you target master's degree folks, which a lot of schools are like, we want people with master's degrees and that's where LinkedIn comes in. But people have the issue of the say, well, LinkedIn's expensive. Not really. The people you can, you can reach the people you want to reach on LinkedIn. No other platform can do that. So is it worth the money to reach me? Yes, it's worth the money. And on the back end, LinkedIn is usually higher when it comes to buttons and seats than Facebook because you can really target in. So you've got to have the money. And usually with LinkedIn, I I recommend $45,000 of ad spend. A month. Yeah, a month. Yep. Yep. And that will get you enough. Because think like this. They're all... These all these they're just data, right? We're trying to get enough data to make informed decisions. So there's a testing period, and there's an optimizing period, and then there's like the scaling period. People are looking for a degree. It's not they're going to decide this in ten minutes or a couple of days. Right. It's going to take all. There'll be research. So if you understand how long it takes for someone to become a customer, okay, how much I do spend to keep them in the funnel to do X, Y, Z. Right. There's no magic number. It's just what your goal and how aggressive do you want to get to it. Yeah, because at that point, I mean, even though you are doing lead generation with the goal of the campaign, the KPI to be how many leads, how many qualified leads do we get that, that we can move into, you know, down the funnel and matriculate them, there still is a is a is an element of brand building within those oh. channels because people have to see, I mean, I think that typically they say 13 or 14 times on a brand impression mm-hmm. before they make a move. And so the idea that you've, you're, Serving those ads up consistently in that one space. That's why you're spending your money in, you know, LinkedIn as opposed to, oh, let's do $500 LinkedIn, $500 TikTok, $500 Facebook. It's that's where it starts to fall apart is, is what I see a lot of times is that you try to be all things to all people instead yep. of just being the one thing into the, yep. the one area. So that's yep. extremely helpful, Jay. There's, there's a way to, I mean, there's ways to minimize the cost for LinkedIn too. So if you go the video route, you can hit people for cheaper if you keep them on the platform. So again, you have people watch certain amount of videos, they retarget them based on if they were if they looked at the video. So that's a that's that's huge for LinkedIn, right? Because uh, it costs so much money. But if I can give them look at my video, qualify them through they watch. You know, if you have a five minute video about a, a school, they watch two and a half minutes of the video, they're interested. And is that kind of the way it works too with like Instagram Reels or even YouTube bumpers? 
Yeah, but you I mean, talk reels about videos, so, so I, I'm bringing that up. Yeah, <laughs> reels are so they're so short. You can, but I, I just think if you really try and get somebody, I forgot how long it's bumper like eight, ten seconds of YouTube. I forgot it's like super. Fif- it's fifteen super seconds short. is the fifteen seconds. You get on, yeah. on YouTube. So. I, I, I have struggled with this. What can you really say at 15 seconds? Well, and it's actually talk? five seconds before they are allowed to skip. Yeah, okay. So, so yeah. So what can you say? <laughs> I think that's a more of an econ fight. I see all the time. But like when you talk about a degree, that's going to cost you. Take away the money. Let's say it, it costs zero dollars. It's going to cost you time, commitment. You have to sacrifice time with your family and friends. Like that's a huge. You need, you need more than five seconds to decide that. So okay, that type of thing, I, I would go heavier to the video that's like really helpful video content don't put on a fluff video like this is who we are a lot of videos of course are just they don't say anything right they really don't say anything so understand like who you're trying to reach and like talk to the program and how it can help them reach their goals that's great i love that well i think we just went into the conversation around data so jay with a budget plan in place how does data guide an institution to inform marketing decisions? It's everything. It, I, that's the best way I say it. You've got to have data to make informed decisions. Now, what type of data is a whole nother, is a whole nother conversation. Looking at the right things, things that matter, right? You know, I'm not talking about clicks because I, I, people still concerned like, yeah, we got, we might click for a quarter. doesn't matter. How many hits we got to a website? You know, with the metrics that matter. So you have people hit a website through whatever channel. Are they sticking around? Are they bouncing? Is there a tool that could, you know, measure against a landing page like Hotjar, right? If they're a landing page, what are they doing? Are they sticking around? Are they scrolling down the page? These are metrics that matter. It can help you, like, formulate your plan going forward. And obviously, you know, butts and seats and people talking to enrollment. Hey, you're going to get a lot of folks who say, you may go through the process and they say, oh, I didn't, I didn't fill out the form. Then you go, okay, this has happened to me a few times. If that happens a lot to a certain particular program, you got to track that back. You have to. That's what you better, your, your, your UTMs need to be on point. Otherwise, you won't be able to track which campaigns are sending the people to enrollment and say, I don't like it. I don't, I don't want to do it or I don't speak English. Right. A lot of times that's Facebook. For whatever reason, you can go on Facebook and, you know, put all your settings to English and I don't even want to track these certain people. And Facebook will still serve them to whoever. So data is extremely important. You can't make you can't make decisions based off opinions. That's just that's a no no. Yeah, and I guess it kind of as you're talking about that, I'm curious a little bit just to un- unravel that a little bit because I think that the idea that everybody's kind of looking at that and and you know being able to track that and you use the word UTM and I just want to clarify for everybody that's a that's a tracking metric that you can do. I think it actually means like urchin tracking metrics because way back in the day. Urchin was what it was. And I'm dating myself. This was like 2003. We used a tool called Urchin, which was purchased by Google that became Google Analytics, which is now GA4. But anyway, UTM are little pieces of code that you can put on the end of your URLs to make sure that when GA4 tracks what you're doing, you know where the attribution comes from. You know that that was the ad on Facebook. That was the ad on LinkedIn. And you can even get even more, you know, that was the ad on Facebook with this campaign that was ad number three in the A-B test or whatever. So I just wanted to clarify that for everyone, just that that's, again, we're trying to provide some professional development, some education to bring that marketing literacy up is that 
with digital marketing, you can track everything. And that's the beauty of it. But I think that's also the challenge is that you can track everything. And so yes. you're going you're gonna to be swimming in data. And so what are kind of like those three main pieces of data, the points that you would be like, if I could only choose three, what would be those pieces that you would be looking at? And, and then I'm going to get you into a little bit of how you came up with that, because I might come up with, say, these are my favorite, and I'm showing a little bit of bias. And so we're going to talk about that. If you're brand new, you know, I would sell, I would say landing page hits. Again, when I say landing page, I mean separate landing pages from your website. It's not just on the front page of your no, website. I do, I do not recommend sending people to your website or like the program page on your website. Yeah. If you're going to go separate landing page, get a landing page builder, that way you can, you know, again, it's better for data. You can okay. A-B test landing page easier than you can actually a website. So landing page hits, how many people will actually click on the actual RFI? So it filled out a form. Filled out, filled out a form. How many qualified people talk, that, was, that spoke to enrollment? Those are okay. three that matter the most. And then before that, again, it matters to a certain extent for me on the back end, but for the higher up, it doesn't really matter. And if they go go through and like apply for a program, that's not us as well. That's just life. They're ready to make that next step. Yeah. And that's that's where my biggest pet peeve comes into when I when people buy something they don't know what they're buying. And they are told, you know, when I ask them, I said, Well, how's that pay-per-click campaign campaign going? Oh, it's great. We got like 50 a month. I'm like, 50 what? Well, we get 50. And I'm like, okay. And then we start unpacking. It's like, it's 50 clicks. And I'm like, okay, that means you spent $50, you know, 50 times whatever dollars the click costs. That doesn't tell me yeah. anything. And they're like, oh, I thought that was 50 leads. No, 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 no. Then you start unpacking. It's like, oh, we didn't even get one lead out of everything mm -hmm. that we've been doing. And we've been spending how much for how long thinking we yeah. were getting these? There's a... Still, those agencies are still out there. Does that mean they used to be? Well, they just they fool you with fake numbers. Yeah, like a big one is click through rate. It matters, yeah, but not really. The board isn't going to care. It's not something you're ever nope. going to tell the board. No, but it's a good number to look. Like. Look at this number. It's a good number. It's, we're getting it's 80, shiny. We're getting eight hundred a month. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good number. Wow. We, and the board doesn't like that really. Like, oh, this number is really good. But how many people? qualified that I talk to. And, and the way I look at this, so there's a lot of platforms you can use, right? I try to urge people, you need to look at the platform numbers and stuff, but you got to look at it holistically as well. Right. Because Facebook affects all channels. Google search does not affect all channels. Right. LinkedIn does not affect all channels. Facebook affects all channels. So you got to look at a holistically number. Like what's your overall, you know, once you get all the numbers, what's overall X, Y, Z? And then okay. that, that can give you more data too what you need to do down the line. Well, let's talk about that because, I mean, I think personal bias is starting to build a little bit in, in not only the data that I'm looking at, the metrics that I'm looking at, but I was recently talking to somebody uh, recently and they were talking about the desire for their school to divest from meta. And they were talking about from a social uh, media standpoint, an organic social media standpoint, because they their school believes that meta is they don't want to be a part of promoting the mental health issues that of the target audience that they're actually trying to reach. Great. I understand that. That's a noble, you know, flag to put in the, in the ground. But if that bias, even if it's of the school and not just by one, one person is affecting their ability to effectively recruit students, what do you say about that? Yeah. There's a quick story about that real fast. Um, a couple of years ago, I worked for a school. It was a local school, and we were launching a new IT program. 
And also Facebook ads. It was doing fairly well. People coming in, do what they need to do. I was walking a hallway once, and then one of the C-suite folks stopped me. This woman was super intelligent, way smarter than I ever could be. And she looked at it. She's like, hey, gee, I see this Facebook ad. And she's like, I don't like this, 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 change this. I don't like it. And I looked at her. I was like, are you like, oh, well, I'm sorry. Did you want to like apply for a program? She says, no, I don't want to apply for it. It's not for me. And I looked at her. So it's not for you? And she looked at me. It took her a second click. Like, it's not for you. <laughs> and I, I didn't change it. I didn't change it. Yeah. It worked out well. I didn't change it. So it's personal bias to you all is extremely strong. One, a lot of times people don't recognize it. Right. And I learned the hard way because it's happened to me before. Like, I don't think that's going to work. And it worked. And so I don't, I, I, you have to separate it. So when you say a school doesn't like Facebook, it's not a school is an opinion. School is not an opinion. Like the school is not a living, living person. That's someone at the school who doesn't like Meta. Right. And here's the thing. You have a goal to reach. You have to reach your goal. This noble cause you have, it's going to hurt your goal. And just to say, we, we did it. Now, you know, those are some places that left Twitter because what Elon said. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, but those big places can afford to do it. A school, Disney can do whatever it wants. They can leave. It, it doesn't matter. Right. You're a school who has a, a, a small amount of budget. You, you might not have, be able to afford to say, well, I don't like them because they do X, Y, Z. It doesn't matter what you like. You're, you're not going to get the news coverage for making that decision with yes. the big company. Well, correct. <laughs> you're, you have to go where your audience is. Unless it's like some crazy right-wing site, uh, which would that'd be a whole nother story, you right. have to go there. You have to take your bias out of it. Because the more bias it is, the more campaigns are. And my biz, biggest, my, my is paying. That's the number one thing called a higher ed back is personal bias. The people on the higher-ups who just make decisions based off what they don't like, yeah. even though the data says something differently. Okay, that's good. Thank you. That's perfect. So going back to... Speaking of successful metrics, how does that translate into choosing the most effective digital platforms for your target audience? That just comes down to scaling. You Over time, you'll find what works. It's like any other market. You find something works, okay, this works better for us right now. It can change. So in this current time period, January 2024, right now, so right now, every school in the country is doing good. I guarantee you. 90% of people, January 24, New Year's resolutions, January is always the best year. You live in high, right? Right. Well, come February, March, it's going to drop down. <laughs> it's just okay. inevitable. But when you find a channel that does well for you, the numbers are right. Now, I mean, as it's consistent too. So when I'm looking for like highs and lows, I'm looking for a channel that consistently gives you the results you need. Then you start turning, you start trying to increase. You put more budget towards it. You put more resources towards it. That means better creative, you know, if you need to bring in an agency or right. they need to level up, you send your, you send your announced person, go get better at this particular platform so we can grow together. That's just like a common sense thing. Don't go. Now there's a lot of new things that come out every month. This is a new platform. Oh, we're doing really good here. Let's take some money out and try this. Bad idea. Speak what you said at Bart a second ago. We had a, had a school last year. They... More Facebook LinkedIn, and they were a little funny about Facebook LinkedIn or Facebook because same similar as you talk about. Let's let's just try let's try Reddit, let's try TikTok. There's a core one, right? 
you know Facebook Lithium was doing a job. They want to try those three. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened? All three bombed. Yeah. They wasted about hundred grand because someone had a personal opinion. I don't like Facebook. I want to do something different. Facebook is too finicky. Facebook is finicky. Right. But it's their world. We're just limited. You have to you have to go with the flow. So personal biases can cost you a lot of money too and resources. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's great. And I think just the idea of being able to kind of look at these digital platforms, be non, you know, take the emotion out of it, take kind of look at it from a business perspective. I like what you just said there. It's their world we're living in it. I think that's one thing that I'm trying to get. I'm ringing the bell and I've got a new book coming out. And one of the chapters I talk about in the book is the idea that you have to be a little bit more creative and not put all of your eggs in one basket. Because, I mean, you, you know, if, if anybody's ever watched Endgame from the Avengers, Zuckerberg and, and Musk and a couple other ones are like, you know, Thanos who can just snap their fingers and the world changes. And it doesn't take much for a snap. And all of a sudden, there's a lot of schools that are in a big world of hurt because they've relied entirely on utilizing one digital strategy, and which might be meta or might be whatever. So what do you say on that when you're kind of looking at, you know, obviously that is your world. That's the, yeah. that's what you're doing. But I mean, I think that part of what I'm hearing is this diversification, you know, just like in investing, we talk about diversifying our assets. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what you're thinking? I mean, you just said, well, make sure you don't do that, but let's talk but, about the other side of that as well. If something's working, you have to lean into it. It's just inevitable. Now, do you put all your resources? You put, you got a budget of 200K. You put all 200K in, in the Facebook? No, it's foolish. No. Okay. In that situation, you got to find like sub, sub wins. So think of it, you're in the Facebook category, right? What's another thing I can do that can help push that need? I'm a big fan of creating communities after they sign up because you have these huge email lists that, whatever. I, you, we, I get emails all the time from schools. I, I, I just like sample them, they're nothing special. Yeah, most times you get they get ignored, but if I can invest in a community, people who filled out a form, that is so much more valuable than an email list to me because you keep them engaged and it, you got them already. So it's, I want to say it's free, but you don't have to pay for that anymore. So you really got to hold on to what you already have too. So yeah. the ones you do have, keep them engaged because it may yeah. take a year or two. Yeah, and I love that because I think that goes a little bit to with what what Troy does. I mean, with Ring Digital, they're utilizing lists that you already have. They have those lists, mm-hmm. and then they're uploading those, and they're targeting specifically to those lists rather than just a profile you did on Facebook or a profile mm-hmm. you did on, on LinkedIn. Those That's got its place, but I think that what Troy and Ring are doing has another place, and they a lot of times, at mm-hmm. least in my clients, we kind of pair them together to to kind of get yeah. the best of both worlds. And so There's no right. There's no one thing that's going to be like a magic pill. I, right. A lot of people look for magic pills. If there was a magic pill, we'd be rich. If there's a silver <laughs> bullet, like we'd just be killing it. But there's no such thing. Each school's going to have different, different you know, problems, different outcomes, and so you got to do what's right for you. But lean into what you already have. Because every school has a huge list. They fill out that form for a reason. At some point in their lives, if you don't want to go on like a certain platform, go on what you already have. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to what we talked about of being literate and what you're buying, understanding everything that's out there and understanding, educating yourself. Yes. Just don't spray your money because, you, yeah. you know, you, you agencies come out and say, hey, let's try this. I'd see this a lot. I worked a lot of agencies and we'll have the monthly meetings and the client will come up and say, I don't like this. The agency says, oh, we'll keep an eye on it. That literally means nothing. We'll keep an eye on it. <laughs> 
Like, what, what does that, what does that mean? Right. Like, no, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that until next month. It's a good way for them to move past the problem if you're not paying attention. You've got to understand agencies are there to make money. A lot of them do it based off your ad buy. Yeah. So not all of them, but, you know, they as seen as you get, get you to spend more money. Yeah. And if you spend a bunch of money and you get all these fat, you, we've, all, you, we've all seen that thing Google look at Studio Dashboard, right? It's beautiful. It's, it looks shiny. You look at it like, I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> it looks nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. You, you, That's right. Don't be distracted by shiny things. Yeah. It's <laughs> back to the very beginning. Nice. That's great. Thank you, Jay. Perfect. Jay, to help put an exclamation point at the end of this wonderful conversation, if there would be one piece of advice that you could give our audience that would enable them to move a brick immediately, what piece of advice would that be? I would probably talk to the last two people who apply for our program and ask them, why do you apply? to our program. What made you decide? Like lay the last 10 people to put that deposit down, like why? And then I would, on top of that, the people who went through the program, last people who graduated, why'd you stay? Because you know, starting and finishing are two very different things. Two very different give you, things. Give you a lot of data, that's awesome. Yes, those two things, put, put them in GPT, make some copy, you get, <laughs> use what you got. Love it. Oh, don't get Bart started on an AI conversation. <laughs> Because we will be here for another hour. It wouldn't be a bad thing, but I do have a time limit, gentlemen. So, Ray Wathel, thank you very much for being on the podcast. For someone that would like to have additional conversations with you regarding smart digital buying, or excuse me, digital marketing buying, mm -hmm. where could they reach you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn at jrathel83, and my website is jamaro83. So a lot of page shows, so a lot of Facebook LinkedIn advertising. And it's very much holistically. We're not just we're not just copy and pasting. I'm a, right. My strategy is a little different, and I would probably tell you things you don't want to hear for the goal of the campaign. <laughs> so we don't got to be friends, but we have a goal in mind, so I'm going to help you get where you need to go. Love it. My trainer Again. told me that, and that's how I go in. <laughs> Jay, again, thank you for a wonderful and informative conversation. You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. Bart, do you have any final thoughts to share? Yeah, I was really excited to have Jay on and uh, did not disappoint. Thanks for being a part of this. I, one of the things that he and I talked about in the pre-interview was just this idea of this marketing literacy. It's one thing that I'm kind of starting to sound the alarm on, not only for marketing literacy, but AI literacy. And I think there's just too many times that we can get very lazy in our jobs as higher ed marketers and just assume that, oh, that's the way it's always been or that's the way it is. Our world changes and it changes fast. And we've got to stay up on that. And, and I will just give kudos to everybody who's listening because you are not part of the people that are not marketing literate because you're listening to this podcast and you're doing yourself a favor with professional development. So thanks for doing that. And honestly, if you could give us a, a review or a, a stars on the, uh, on the podcast, that would mean a lot to us because that would help other people discover this. But I really appreciate Jay being on the show and just kind of sharing his knowledge, giving us more insight into that, and uh, and just kind of giving us some some lessons from the trenches. So, Jay, it's been a great conversation. Really appreciate you being on the show. No worries. Thanks, guys. Before I take us out, Bart, you referred to your book earlier in the podcast, but you really didn't give it a name or where it can be obtained. Please do that quickly. Yeah, you can find my book at chasingmissionfit.com and read all about it, listen to the reviews, download the first chapter. 
or you can go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere you get books. You can even order it from your campus bookstores. So chasing mission fit. Thank you, Bart. Thank you, Jay. Again, this has been a wonderful conversation. The Higher Ed Marketer podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education, marketing, and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, the ad targeting people, successfully increasing response and yield by precisely serving ads directly to the handheld and household devices of your physical enrollment funnel mailing list. Also, a wonderful shout out and thank you to Rob Conlon and his team at Westport Studios that keep us up and running every week. On behalf of Jay, Bart, and myself, thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. The Higher Ed Marketer is a production of Kaler Solutions and Ring Digital in partnership with Westport Studios. Views and opinions expressed by guests on The Higher Ed Marketer are their own and may not reflect the views and opinions of their organization. Know someone who is a mover and a shaker in higher ed marketing? Visit www.higheredmarketerpodcast.com and click on our Contact Us page. We'd love to have you tell us about them. Until next time. Oh,